Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee at the Cross. I'm Mike Newman. Thank you for joining me as we're getting ready to do another episode of the Bible series. What is the Bible series? Well, the Bible series is where we have been reading from the book of Luke. We left off on chapter 6. We're getting ready to jump into chapter 7. Chapter 7 is a wonderful, wonderful chapter inside Luke. It is loaded with all kinds of moments and stories where Jesus is out there doing the works and the lives that were changed and affected and the lessons that are in this, it's really loaded. I love it. So what we're going to do, what the Bible series is, is we read one chapter, which today is chapter 7, and then when we're done, we're going to take one thing, just one thing from what we read, and we try to apply that to our day. So not only can we empower ourselves to combat the enemy and all those hard and rough days and the burdens that we have to carry as Christian followers, but also an opportunity to change the lives of others that are around us. So that's what we're going to do, and today we're going to jump into chapter 7. So let's get into it. I'm so excited. For those of you who are watching the video podcast on the video side of it, we're going to have the lyrics up on the screen. Do you follow along? And the chapter or the version of the Bible that I'm reading today is the Passion Translation. I love this, this version. You can feel the love written in every word and the passion uh, for Jesus and the Gospels in this. So without further ado, let's get right into it in Luke chapter 7. Amen? All right. So it starts off with... Verse 1, after Jesus finished giving revelation to the people on the hillside, he went on to Capernaum. A Roman military captain there had a beloved servant who he valued highly He was, and who was sick to the point of death. When the captain heard that Jesus was in the city, he sent some respected Jewish elders to plead with him to come and heal his dying servant. So they came to Jesus and told him, The Roman captain is a wonderful man who, if anyone deserves a visit from you, it is him. Won't you please come and heal his servant? For he loves the Jewish people. And he even built our meeting hall for us. Jesus started off with them, but on his way there, friends of the captain stopped and delivered this message. Master, don't bother coming to me in person, for I am not good enough for you to enter into my home. I am not worthy enough to even come out to meet one like you. But if you would just speak the word of healing from right where you are, I know that my servant will be healed. I am an ordinary man, yet I understand the power of authority, and I see that authority operating through you. I have soldiers under me who obey everything I command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So, Master, just speak the words of healing, and they will flow. Jesus marveled at this. He turned around and said to the crowd who had followed him, Listen, everyone, never have I found among the people of God a man like this who's, who believes so strongly in me. Jesus then spoke the healing word from a distance. When the man's friends returned to the home, they found the servant completely healed and doing fine. Shortly afterwards, Jesus went left on a journey to the village of Nain with a massive crowd of people following him and his disciples. As he approached the village, he met a multitude of people in a funeral possession who were mourning as they carried the body of a young man to the cemetery. The boy was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. When the Lord saw the grieving mother, his heart broke for her. 
With great, with great tenderness, he said to her, Please don't cry. Then he stepped up to the coffin and touched it. When the pallbearers came to a halt, Jesus spoke directly to the corpse. Young man, I say to you, arise and live. Immediately the young man moved, sat up, and spoke to those nearby. Jesus presented the son to his mother, alive. A tremendous sense of holy mystery swept over the crowd. They shouted praises to God, saying, God himself has blessed us by visiting his people. A great prophet has appeared among us. The news of Jesus and this miracle raced throughout Judea and the entire surrounding region. John's disciples, this is John the Baptist, John's disciples had reported to him in prison about all the wonderful miracles and the works Jesus was doing. So John dispatched two of his disciples to go and inquire of Jesus. When they came before the master, they asked him, Are you the coming Messiah we've been expecting? Or are we to continue to look for someone else? John the prophet has sent us to you to seek your answer. Without answering, Jesus turned to the crowd and healed many of the incurable diseases. His miracle power freed many from their sufferings. He restored the gift of sight to the blind. He drove out demonic spirits from those who were tormented. Only then did Jesus answer the question posed by John's disciples. Now go back and tell John what you have seen and heard here today. The blind are now seeing. The crippled are now walking. Those who are lepers are now cured. Those who are deaf are now hearing. Those who were dead are now brought back to life. The poor and broken are given the hope of salvation. And tell John these words. The blessing of heaven comes upon those who never lose their faith in me, no matter what happens. After John's messengers departed, Jesus spoke about John to the audience crowded around him, saying, What kind of man did you expect to see out in the wilderness? Did you expect to see a man who would be easily influenced and shaking by the shifting opinions of others? Who did you go there to see? Did you expect to see a man decked out in splendid fashion of the day living in the laps of luxury? Or did you discover a true prophet out in the lonely wilderness? Yes, John was a legitimate, legitimate prophet. Even more than that, he was the fulfillment of this scripture. See, I am sending my prophetic messenger who will go ahead of me and prepare hearts to receive me. Throughout history, there has never found a man as great as John. Yet those who now walk in God's kingdom realm, though they appear to be insignificant, will become even greater than he. When the common and disreputable people among the audience heard Jesus say this, they acknowledged that it was the truth, for they had already experienced John's baptism. But the hearts of the Jewish religious leaders and experts of the law had rejected the clear purpose of God by refusing to be baptized by John. Jesus continued saying, How could I describe the people of this generation? Can't you see? You're like children playing games on the playground, complaining to friends. You don't like it when we want to play wedding, and you don't like it when we want to play funeral. Why will you neither dance nor mourn? When the prophet James John came fasting and refused to drink wine, you said, He's crazy. There's a demon in him. 
Yet when the Son of Man came feasting and drinking, you said, Look at this man. He is nothing but a glutton and a drunkard. He spends all his time with tax collectors or other notorious sinners. Nevertheless, the wisdom of God will be proven true by the expressions of godliness in everyone who follows me. Afterwards, Simeon, a, Jew, a Jewish religious leader, had asked Jesus to come to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. When he went to Simeon's home, he took his place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all as a pro to be a prostitute. When she had heard that Jesus was at Simeon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, when right went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader. And in front of all the guests, she knelt at the feet of Jesus. Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying his feet with her long hair. Over and over, she kissed Jesus' feet. Then, as an act of worship, she opened her flask and anointed his feet with her costly perfume. When Simeon saw what was happening, he thought, This man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of sinful woman is touching him. Jesus said, Simeon, I have a word for you. Go ahead, teacher. I want to hear it, he answered. It's a story about two men who were deeply in debt. One owed the bank $100,000 and the other only owed $10,000. When it was obvious that neither of them would be able to repay their debts, the kind banker graciously wrote off the debts and forgave them all that they owed. Tell me, Simeon, which of these two debtors would be more thankful? Which one would love the banker most? Simeon answered, I suppose it would be the one with the greater debt forgiven. You are right, Jesus agreed. Then he spoke to Simeon about the woman still weeping at his feet. Do you see this woman kneeling here? She is doing for me what you didn't bother to do. When I entered your home as your guest, you didn't think about offering me water to wash the dust off my feet. Yet she came into your home and washed my feet with her many tears and then dried my feet with her hair. You didn't welcome me into your home with the customary kiss of greeting, but from the moment I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't take the time to anoint my head with fragrant oil, but she has anointed my head and feet with the finest perfume. She has for been forgiven of all her many sins. This is why she has shown me such extravagant love. But those who assume that they have very little will be f to be forgiven will love me very little. Then Jesus said to the woman at his feet, All your sins are forgiven. All the dinner guests said amongst themselves, Who is the one who can even forgive the sins? Then Jesus said to the woman, Your faith in me has given you life. Now you may leave and walk in the ways of peace. And that concludes chapter 7 of the book of Luke. 
what I want to focus on from this chapter is in verses 18 and 19. After hearing all the wonderful things that Jesus had been doing, John's disciples reported to him in prison, telling them of all the miracles Jesus had done. So John dispatches the two of the two of his disciples to go inquire of Jesus. And when they came before him, they asked him, "Are you the coming Messiah we've been expecting, or are we to continue looking for someone else?" Without answering, remember, Jesus turned to the crowd. He didn't respond to them. He simply turned away and began to heal many of the people of their incurable diseases. His miracle power freed many from their suffering. This right here was the real power of Jesus in action, the real power of the Messiah, yet performed in personal and even humble ways. John couldn't see this. Most of the miracles fulfill some of the promises found in Isaiah. When he healed the blind who couldn't see, that was in the scripture of Isaiah uh, chapter 61, verse 1, and 35, verse 5. That when, he, when the lame could walk again, that was Isaiah 35, verse 6. The deaf hearing, that was Isaiah 35, verse 5. When the dead came alive, that was Isaiah 26 and 19. When the poor could hear the good news, that was Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. See, John's mistake was it was not about, it, he was looking at Jesus and saying, are you the Messiah? Because if you were, why am I still in prison as your servant? You should have the power to free me. But it was never about John being freed from per prison. It was about whether or not people are being freed from being tormented by their sins. You see, in that one story where the religious leader was he was in the religious leader's home and the woman who was known by all to be a prostitute was was showing Jesus all this love he was like you know what you can't be the messiah because you would know that this woman was full of sin you see they didn't look at her as someone to be saved as a valuable piece as god's creation someone to be redeemed and restored they looked at her as just garbage of society Waste, trash, broken, worthless. And yet, it was her actions that got Jesus' attention. That's the tormenting of sins, by sins, over our life, and how society uses those against us. In verse 22, he said, Go and tell John the things that you have seen and heard. Jesus wanted to assure John and his disciples that he was the Messiah. But he also reminded him that his power would be displayed mostly in humble acts of service, meaning the individual needs and not the spectacular displays of political deliverance. You know, we, we've seen it in the gospel where Paul was in prison and the earthquake had shook the prison and the gates had swung open and Paul had his freedom right before him. But rather than run to freedom, he chose to stay in that cell because he knew God's works were to be done he just had this feeling like, you know what, I may be in a prison cell in this world, but God's works can still be done here. And the jailer that was responsible for holding Paul in that cell, fearing that they had all escaped, drew his sword to kill himself because that was the punishment for escaped prisoners. 
by the jailer under the jailer's care. If they escaped, they ha- their sentence was death. So he was ready to draw his sword and kill himself. And Paul shouted out, no, wait, we're still here. And it was by him staying that that jailer was able to see God's love. Wait, you would do this for me, knowing that if you left, I would die, but you would gain your freedom, and you chose to stay. He couldn't recognize such love before that. He never seen such love, but it was Christ's servant that showed him something greater, something more wonderful. And John didn't see this thing. He didn't see this perspective. He was judging Jesus as the Messiah by whether or not he would come free him from prison. But Paul recognized that Jesus is the Messiah even when you're in prison. Just because you're going through something difficult doesn't mean Jesus is not Jesus. It means if you're in prison, be aware that there might be something that God needs you to do in your circumstance to help somebody else. John didn't see this. And what I want us to take away from this, how we can apply this to our week, to our day, is that John couldn't see it was the small things that Jesus was doing, the humble, personable acts of love that change, that was changing the world. That was the commandment by God. You see, the way of the Lord's service is the way of plodding, perseverance, and doing the apparently small things. And what, do we, what do I mean by plotting? It is to devote serious and sustained effort in the little things. It is the little acts of love, the selfless acts, staying a few minutes later to see if someone needs help instead of running off to do your own thing, staying to make sure someone is taken care of, asking them how they're doing, and after hearing their story, praying with them, just an act of stopping and sacrificing a portion of your day to pray for them is huge. You see, prayer unleashes the supernatural acts of God. And when you fast and pray, it releases the Holy Spirit even more. Romans 8.26 tells us that the Spirit intercedes for us in our weaknesses. So let's do the little things. Let's show the world the smaller acts of kindness, the smallest acts, the insignificant acts. And then they're going to wonder, in a world that is so selfish right now, the me, 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 the, the hate and the anger and the impatience of all those people out there, when they see acts of kindness, they're going to ask themselves, who was that person? They were so nice. They were so loving. What a, what a selfless act. Eventually, they're going to find out that those people are Christians, and they didn't do it for them. They did it for Christ, and they knew that that small sacrifice would get people's attention. So let's go out and do that this week. It's the small acts, the small moments to pray for somebody in their moment of burden, in their despair, in their torment of their sins. Let's be there for people. Let's go out and change the world by the small acts, not the big ones, the small selfless acts. That's what Jesus was teaching John. Yeah, I could free you from prison and I can do all these big and wonderful things, but will God's work be done? Or can I just turn around and serve those that are here 
And John, while you're in prison, minister to those around you in the prison, the jailers. Your work can still be done there because I'm here and I'm going to do this for the people. I'm going to heal and restore them. I am the Messiah. Now share that with the people in your environment. Don't worry about where you're at. Seize the opportunity to help people find out where they're at and where they could go, where they can get to the joy that awaits them if they just let go and give it to God. Okay, so that was John chapter 7. Let's go out and change the world by the small acts. Uh, Join us next time as we get into Luke chapter 8. I'm super excited, super excited about the journey that that lies before us as we get into other chapters of Luke. Don't forget to join me as we do Coffee at the Cross, uh, uh, the journey back, which is just fellowship, testimonies, uh, devotionals. So stay tuned to the channel. If you see us on YouTube, subscribe. Click the notification button so you can be notified when there's new content. See our podcasts that are uploaded to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, all the platforms were out there. Uh, you can go to Anchor FM and look for Coffee at the Cross. But please, share and just let's get as many people on this channel as we can so we could help each other make the world a better place. And you don't have to do it by being a preacher, a teacher, or a worship leader. All you have to do is the small things, the small acts of kindness to show people that Jesus came for them, even for the little things, that Jesus cares for them enough to send someone to do something so small as open a door, a quick prayer for someone who is really struggling, a hug, a phone call, a text, whatever it is, don't hold back because you think it's too small. Jump on it, seize it, and change the world. Have a blessed day, and don't forget to tell somebody somewhere this week that looks like they're really going through a rough time, that whatever you're going through, never forget, Jesus loves you. God bless, and thank you for joining